The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Father, we, we love you. We adore you, Father. We see the control of our lives to you. We see the control of this gathering to you. It is unto you we have gathered. Doing every life present in this place, Lord. In every life, join us over the internet, my Father. Do that which eyes have not seen. That which ears have not heard. Do that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. And let the name of Jesus and Jesus alone be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So today we are in part three of wealth operating system. We, we, we said in part one that when God made man, he said in the beginning, let's make man in our image after our likeness. And he instructed them, the Bible says, and to have dominion, to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Then obviously dominion follows. Now, the, the, the word to instruct man can be likened to an instruction set in a code or like he programmed man. He programmed us and the uh, output is fruitfulness, multiplication, feeling, and govern. So you are programmed to prosper. We learned you, you are designed for, for dominion. And we saw that in a nutshell, this our operating system, this code that God has put in us, is the blessing of God. So the blessing is, is our operating system, our wealth operating system is the blessing. And how, if you have a phone, the capacity of the phone, how the phone responds, largely depends on the operating system. The operating system interfaces between the hardware and all the other software that is on your phone or on your computer. So the operating system is so powerful, so powerful. The operating system determines what can be installed on the phone and what cannot be installed on the phone. And this phone, this operating system that you and I have, it's a wealth operating system. So poverty cannot be installed in the name of Jesus. So people that have poverty installed, you need, you need a reformatting, so to speak, and a reinstallation, as it were, of the right operating system. And we began to look at, okay, so if you have the base operating system, there must be apps sitting on it. And it's the apps that actually get things done. If you have a good operating system, it stays out of the way. You just see 
the out the results, so to speak. So, last week we began to look at some of the apps that run on our OS. And we looked at the first app and we said that we need the what? The marketplace app. Then the second app that we saw last week was what? The creativity app. The third app that we saw last week was what? The sales app. Now, some of us, we need to catch up. We need to get this message and so that we are on the same page. Today, we are going to look at just two apps. And, you know, last week, we looked at a few more apps and, and round up the series. So, we'll continue in our um, deliberation and our study of Second Kings chapter 4. Second Kings 4, from verse 1. To seven. Second Kings 4, 1 to 7. It says, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now the cre- a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except a flask of oil, olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. I was say friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour the olive oil, the oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after the other. Soon, every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now, sell. the olive oil, and pay your debts. And you and your son can live on what is left. And therein jumps at us the next app, which is the responsibility app. App number four is the responsibility app. The responsibility app. You have to be responsible 
Proverbs 22, 7 says the rich rule over the poor. The borrower is the servant of the lender. The rich, you have to be responsible. You must have the responsibility up running. Make a commitment to get out of debt if you are in debt. Make a commitment because the borrower is servant to the lender. That's what the Bible says. Make a commitment. Oh, a lot of people say, oh, we use debt as leverage. Except you are that financially, you know, adept. Personally, I don't take any personal debt. Personal debt by the grace of God for since I've known this truth, which is I can't even remember. If anybody comes to you and says, oh, your pastor owes me money, say it's a lie. The guy knows they borrow money. <laughs> Why? Is it that you have everything at every time, at all times? No. But you see, when you make a decision to be financially responsible, heaven looks at you for favor. When you make a decision, no more book me down. It's financial responsibility. Book me down till, till November. So I will pay you by November. So you will get, buy now, pay later. So you get your shirt and you wear the shirt, wear the shirt, wear the shirt, wear the shirt, wear the shirt. Then guess what? When November comes, it's always very painful <laughs> to pay. Very painful. Then you begin to resent the shirt. But if you had waited till November, what happens? You will buy it for cash and you will enjoy the, the shirt. Between now and November, you will not die because of one shirt. Try it. You will see that you will still be alive and well and kicking. It's financial irresponsibility. You are owing your neighbor money and you are going on vacation. You say that we cannot miss our family vacation. It's financial irresponsibility. You need to install the responsibility app. It has, I mean, if you look at how God works, God is not mocked. God is not mocked. God is not a respecter of persons. God doesn't show favoritism. God is not partial. God works by principles. If you are not responsible with what you have, the wealth will not flow. Praise the name of the Lord. It's just common sense. In fact, it's a common sense app. Why would you borrow to get married? Does that even make sense? Everybody that has been married knows that's a foolish decision. But before you are married, you think that's a wise decision. I am invested in my future. No. You have been foolish. You don't borrow to. There are certain things you don't do. And God does not expect you and I to do. 
Proverbs 22, 7 again, bring it up. It says, just as the rich rule over the poor, you are not designed for anybody to rule over you. You see, man was made for dominion. Not to be dominated. And our dominion is not to be over other men and women. So, but the Bible says the, the, the rich have dominion over the poor. You have to break out of that bondage. And the borrower is servant. <laughs> Everyone say servant. He's servant to the lender. You have no intention of buying something. But you see it on sale. You don't need it. But you say, oh, Pastor, ah, the deal was too sweet. But you don't need another shoe. Ah, I saw that shoe last time. It was $3,000. Do you know how much is this now? 700 But you don't need it. So you take 700 and you buy the shoes. Guess what you have done? You are making a statement to heaven. I am financially irresponsible. You see, you can fast all you want. You can pray all you want. Until you become financially responsible, some things will not shift. You have to be financially... I mean, there are just certain things I mean, I, I don't do. I, sometimes I even choose not to do. Not because I can't afford to, but because I'm just practicing my, uh, <laughs> my discipline. For instance... The, the iPhone X came out. And how much was that thing? How much was it? Now, now, now. I said that. If I look at it, will I appear in heaven? <laughs> Once I put it in front of me like, I mean, before the throne of God above. So could I afford it? Of course. Did I buy deliberately? I said, no. You see, if you buy all you can afford, you will soon be in poverty. It's called financial responsibility. You have, the fact that you have it does not mean you should spend it. We explained what margin is. You have to create margin in your life and your finances. And guess what? Creating margin is key to wealth. Debt erodes margin like nothing else. Debt. You know, one of the biggest lies is that, oh, my finances will be better when the economy picks up. My finances will be better when the economy improves. That's a lie. It's a big lie. Will you feel some squeeze because the economy is down? Everybody will. But the economy does not determine your financial future. It doesn't. If you're a child of God. You know what the truth is? The truth is, your finances will be better when you become better. 
Growth is, in, is indispensable. Your personal growth, we saw last week, is totally indispensable. You have to be committed to growth. You have to be committed. Committed. Growth is more important than fruit. Growth is more important than fruit. Many times, we are too focused on fruits. But we should be focused on growth because every growing and mature thing we reproduce, we bear fruit. So, we should be focused on growth. How am I growing? And when you do that, you are responsible. Heaven looks at you and heaven smiles at you. Not just for yourself and your, for, your fi- for your finances, for the people around you. If you look at that scripture, the, the Bible says, you and your children can live on the rest. It is required that you take care of your family. You see, it's, it, is, it is financial responsibility, if you will, that God can bring people under your covering. And when I say your family, obviously it starts with your uh, nuclear family. But there are some people, they've become your family because God expects that you are responsible for them. Guess what? Every time you step up to the plate and take responsibility, heaven opens unto you. In fact, when you do not, First Timothy 5, 8 says, if you don't, those who don't care about their relatives, they don't take financial responsibility for their family. It says, especially those of their own household. They have denied the faith. Such people don't even belong in the church. I mean, this is how heavy God sees it. When you read this kind of scriptures, you think, oh, is that not too harsh? Oh, what if this happened? Oh, what if that happened? But every time you say, this is what God's word says about me, I am stepping up to the plate, heaven opens. Every time a man says, it is my duty to take care of this family, I'm stepping up to the plate, heaven opens. So what am I saying? The more responsible you are, the more heaven opens over you. The more responsible you are, the more heaven opens over you. Because heaven would say, if I get the money to Femi, it will take care of this person, that person, this person, that person, this person, that person. Guess what heaven will keep doing? Getting the money to Femi. (laughs) And it has nothing to do whether you are male or female. Sometimes some women step up and take responsibility. Guess who the heavens will be opened over? It's a woman. It doesn't matter. 
But guess what? Both of you can step up and take responsibility. And everyone will be, oh, well, after all, as you're going to see, two are better than one. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. So, that's the first app. And that app is called what? The fourth app, actually. The first app for today. The Responsibility app. The next app, you know, all the apps are totally indispensable. I was going to say the next app, you cannot do without it. It determines your financial future. All the apps actually do. All the crucial apps do. But this next app, you have to work it. You have to make it a part of your life. And that app is the connectivity app. The connectivity app. If you check your phone, you have some connectivity function, functionalities. You have, you have um, Bluetooth. You have Wi-Fi. You have whatever, what else? NFC. You have what else? Cable wired. I know you remember that one. What else? You have different connectivity apps that communication apps leverage over and leverage on. Praise the name of the Lord. As a huge part of your financial future is your connectivity. Your connectivity, and I'm going to explain what I mean is so required that in Genesis 2, 18, God looked at man and God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Humans do not thrive alone. Human beings do not thrive alone. You cannot thrive alone. We are most effective when we are connected to other people. And that is why the enemy is big on disconnecting people. Why? Because he knows once you are disconnected, you are limited. Once you are disconnected, you are limited. And if you check everything that is of value that you have achieved has been in partnership with at least one person. Everything that is important that you have achieved has been in partnership with at least one person. Your education, your marriage, your business, work, even your driving. Everything. That's how we are wired. That's just how we are wired. In fact, if you, if you look at the ultimate act of creativity, you know, I was with a pregnant woman and the nursing mothers yesterday. And I, and, I, and I gave them this truth. And initially, many of them were shocked. They were like, why? Why would that be? That didn't take much creativity on my part. <laughs> the 
ultimate act of creativity that any human being can be involved in is the creation of a baby. That's the ultimate height of creativity. Any human being. And like I said, the initial response was, how is that? I wasn't very creative, but I still got pregnant. The point is this. The work you produced is in the image of God filled with potential. So, the baby you have produced is one in a billion. The baby you have produced is unique, is filled with talent, is filled with potential. That baby can change the world, can solve the next the problem of cancer. Who knows? Be, be the one to take man to Jupiter or to... I don't know. The brain of a human being is so powerful. And guess who produced that baby? You. If you're a parent here, you should be proud of yourself. (laughs) And if we look at this ultimate act of creativity, we can learn a few things from this ultimate act of creativity. Three lessons. From the ultimate act of creativity. Number one, the obvious one jumps at us. Creating requires at least two people. No one can create a baby alone without any input from anybody. It doesn't exist. And it is, it is a model to show us that for you to be creative as a person, you cannot be creative alone. Says, oh, but Pastor, what about the solitary artist that is, you know, goes into the monastery, shuts himself up, and comes up with a beautiful painting? You know, question who served him food while he was painting for a hundred days? Somebody must have given him water. Okay, he was fasting. Where did he get the canvas that he painted on from? Somebody must have made that canvas. Where did he get the, the paintbrush from? Where did he get the ink from? There must be an input from somebody. It doesn't matter. So, since you know that, and the key is for you to be creative, to be fruitful. So, it means that you must have partners You must have people you can sit down and be creative with. Praise the name of the Lord. The connectivity app is so important. If you are not connected, you are in trouble. Big trouble. The second thing we learn from from the ultimate act of creation (laughs) is this. The people need to be different from one another. <laughs> Male and female created he them. Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Two men cannot bring about a baby. Two women cannot bring about a baby. Try as you may. It's never going to work. So what does that tell us? The people 
you connect with must be different from you. Everybody around me, they are so different. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> they must be different. But unfortunately, we are comfortable with people that look like us and are like us. So we'd rather hang out with people that are like us. And we are doing ourselves a disservice because you cannot get much pollination, cross-pollination from people that are exactly like you. You need people that are different. People that will look at your idea and say, mm, are you sure this makes sense? Have you thought of this or that? And that is what creativity does. Connectivity brings the best out in all of us. Now, if you are proud and you are arrogant, connectivity will be an issue. Because your pride will get in the way. So the people have to be different. The third thing we learn from this ultimate act of, of creativity. Now, I, I don't mean to be suggestive or anything, but it's, it's this. Creating is one of the most exciting and pleasurable things people can do. Ever. The reason it seems as if your life is without meaning is because you're not creating. And you cannot create if there's no one else that is creating with you. Or if the people that are with you are the same. So, the, the lack of fulfillment you are getting is proof that you are not producing. People have asked me, oh, I, I was... I was um, we played golf with a friend of mine and he was like, don't you get bored? You know, I said, I don't know. I don't even know what boredom is. I have a dictionary. I looked at it. There's no boredom inside. Boring, boredom, bored. Somebody removed the page. It doesn't exist. He said, really? He says, I've been watching you. You look as if you are never bored. I said, I can never be bored. I don't even have enough time to create everything I want to create. I'm writing the software here. I'm preparing for service there. I'm preparing for tire drive here. I'm, I'm watching, God, what would you have us for GWDIA there? I, am, I mean, where is boredom? The challenge is we are not creating. We are not connecting with the right people. If you look at Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes Chapter 4 from verse 9. It says, two people are better off than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Guess what? Three are even better. I say three are even better. Three are even better. For triple braided cord is not easily broken. So God is saying the more connected you are, the stronger you are. The more connected you are, 
the stronger you are. And since your collectivity determines your, your, your wealth, basically, so, in essence, it means that people collectively are your wealth. I know you're writing. It's difficult to write and, <laughs> and <laughs> People collectively are your wealth. People. You know, there's a Yoruba saying that says that people are my covering, <laughs> you know. But more than your clothing or your covering, people are your wealth. And we, I've, I've shown you in the word of God, people are your wealth. The, the, the earlier you start loving people and respecting people and being genuinely interested in people, the better for your financial future. Verse 7 of Second Kings 4 says, she came and told Elisha. And, you know, guess what Elisha says? Go and sell the oil. Now, go and sell the oil. Means, go and trade. Go and take the oil to people that need it. Go, the Bible says oil makes the earth glad, I mean, the face shine and all that. Go and Make people happy. Go and solve people's problems. And that's what Elisha told her. Go and sell the oil. You remember we talk about Chamut and Chanut. Chanut is, 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 is the workplace where God's grace abides. And the word God's grace there means God smiling. In other words, God lifting up his countenance on us. So God smiles when you serve and solve other people's problems. God is happy when you are obsessed about meeting other people's needs. And the way God incentivizes, 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 rewards that. <laughs> the way God rewards that is by wealth. Hallelujah. And that, that, that's huge. That's huge. You know, I know it's like drinking from a fire hydrant. It's a lot. This thing, if you get it locked down, there's no way you'll be, you'll be poor. It's impossible. Totally impossible. So what am I saying? There's only one way to make money. There are many ways to take money from people. You can rob them, you can defraud them, you can become a corrupt politician, you can, too many ways. But there's only one way to make money, provide what others need or want. It doesn't matter. Every time there's recession, particularly this last recession that hit, not Nigeria, the US, there's one industry that doesn't go down, one of several, but one of the topmost of the industries that never even blinks is the gaming industry. Do people actually need to play games? No. But they want to play games. And so people are providing it for them. So even in recession, those people are making a lot of money. Because they are making other people happy. You want to sit at home and play games all your life? Fine, I will give you the games. 
Praise the name of the Lord. So, what am I saying? It is by loving and serving others that you can unlock the spiritual gate of wealth and fulfillment. It is by loving and serving other people. It is by loving and serving other people. In fact, the word to bless Barak and the word to serve Berek are from the same root word which means to kneel and to make another greater than you. I mean, it's so beautiful because from the blessing standpoint, the less is blessed by the greater. But to be blessed by the greater, you need to kneel before him, before God or whoever, and he blesses you. True or false? He barracks. So you need to berek before you can be barracked. Many times we want to be blessed financially, but you don't want to serve people. You don't, you don't like people. You, you disconnect from people. People are your problem. The thing that is telling you people are your problem is the spirit of poverty. Everybody say, I love people. not your problem. Are people difficult? Yes. But people are your wealth. Not your problem. In fact, in fact, the truth is this. Your likelihood of prospering will be very low if you ignore and disdain people. Regardless of how wealthy you are today, if you keep ignoring and disdaining people, there's only one way out. Because that's what God wants. He wants us to be obsessed about each other. He wants us to be connected to each other. He created us for connection. He wants us to serve each other. And he is the one that determines promotion. He's the one. Psalm 75, verse 6 and 7 tells us clearly that for promotion does not come from the east or from the west, nor from the north, from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one and sets up another. God is the judge. God is the judge. So, true life story. A lady that works as a cashier, Was not happy with her work. Always. Because she feels that things are unfair. You know, seemingly legitimate reasons. Then she heard a teaching like this. That told her that, as we have been telling us from last week. That even if you are in paid employment, you are in business. You are in business. You are in business. You are offering your services to that company the day they don't need your services, they are going to fire you. Don't think that they will think twice. So, you are in business. So, you are to, if you are in business, then your boss becomes your customer. Then, 
the customers becomes your customer's customer. <laughs> and every, your colleagues are your customers. So you treat them with respect and you are obsessed about their needs and you serve them. If you work, so she started doing that. So she discovered that before now, when maybe she closes at four, she was a, she's a single mom, she closed at four and there's something the boss wants done by five. And the man is like, ah, oh, I need this thing done. You know, everybody just packs their things and goes. When she began to see that this guy, his happiness is by responsibility. So he says, ah, five o'clock. She says, I'm going to wait. And she started waiting. She wasn't doing it to suck up to the guy. She was doing it to serve him. They promoted her to the highest level a cashier can get to. And they stopped. Because how high can you go? But God has not finished with her. One day, a man came. She has never seen a man before. So she thought. And wanted them to meet for lunch. And she thought he was hitting on her. And she gave him his cold shoulder. And says, no, 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 no. I just want to employ you. They went for lunch and, and she says, I don't even know you. And she says, I have seen how you treat people. I need someone like you to come and solve my problem. He fired the people he had, the person he had, employed her. Her financial status changed immediately. Driving a brand new car. Living, I mean, everything changed. Our, our, our daughter her daughter began to love her more. You can sit down there and grumble and complain and grumble. You don't solve problems. You are not serving. You have to be. You have to be because money is the consequence of true service. It's not the goal. It's a consequence. It's a byproduct. Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You're not seeking the kingdom because all these things will be added. You're seeking the kingdom because of the king. Because of your love for the king. Praise the name of the Lord. Everyone say connectivity up. It has to be up and running. It has to be up and running. It's totally indispensable. So we see that man was created for connections. Vertical and horizontal. Vertical connection to God. Horizontal connection to men. If your vertical connection is in place and is in order, your horizontal connection will be easy and effortless. If your vertical connection has a problem, you are going to have a problem with your horizontal connections. In fact, a lot of the time, our horizontal connections are a reflection of our vertical connection. Someone that doesn't trust God will find it hard to trust any other human being. Do you know that? If God says, if you cannot it's so someone that cannot be safe in God's hands. How can you be safe in a human being's hands? 
So your vertical connection is indispensable. If, you, if your vertical connection has a problem, today you have to sort it out so that your horizontal connections can be knitted together and wealth will flow in your direction in the name of Jesus. So when you have your vertical connection in place, a key to connection, proof of connection or relationships is communication. You don't have a connection with someone you are not in communication with. It's as simple as that. Basically, basically. So, you can't have a connection with God, vertical, if there's no communication. You know, if man can have um, wireless devices, so I can, from my phone, send you a text and the text will leave my phone I can't see anything and it will land on your phone and you get a notification and you open the text I have sent if man can do that can't God send you a message and you will get it encrypted he can God can you need to be open to your vertical, so that your horizontal can be in order. You need to be open to your vertical, so that your horizontal can be in order. If you, if you struggle in your vertical, inevitably, you will struggle in, in the horizontal. So, if you look at Second Kings 4, 3, that we read, he, Elisha, <laughs> I mean, the Bible is just amazing. Everything is in the Bible, though. Everything. I said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors. Everybody say, outside? Everybody say, all your neighbors. And that's the one we read, transition we read earlier on says, your friends and your neighbors. Empty vessels, not just a few. Then go inside. Everybody say, go inside. I shut the door behind you and your children and start pouring. Can you take it back up again? Go outside to all your neighbors. You see, the truth about connections and how powerful and indispensable they are to wealth <laughs> is this. The oil may be inside, but the vessels are outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. The oil may be inside, but the vessels are outside. The ve- you need to go outside. If you say, I can't go outside, I am introverted, I am it is your headache. The vessels are not inside. The vessels are outside. I mean, take it from a, a, a very, very super, if you will, introvert. <laughs> I'm so introverted. It's unbelievable. A lot of people think I'm extroverted. I'm, I'm introverted. My wife is the extrovert. But people think she's the introvert. And I'm the extrovert. They look at me and say, oh, Pastor, you are the extrovert. Pastor, that is just so quiet. 
I'm like, okay. <laughs> Take it from me. When I discovered this truth, I began not to deny myself, to learn how to go outside. Because that's where the vessels are. Without the vessels, the oil cannot multiply. You need the vessels. You need to go outside. You know, you want to get married. I'm not saying you should go to every nightclub or you should go to any nightclub or any other. But you need to go outside. Take a spot. Go to the gym. Go to the movies. Go. You're in business. You're a professional. You need to go outside. The vessels are outside. The vessels are outside. And it is so important. Many times we are obsessed with the oil. So we sit down and we are caressing our oil bottle. We are caressing the oil bottle. But God is saying go outside and get yourself Vessels. I was say vessels. <laughs> so, in other words, you have to learn to get along with people. Uh, imagine this woman has fought all her neighbors. And Elisha said, go outside and get Vesu. Ah, he's a man of God. These people have been persecuting me because I'm a Christian. They don't believe in Jesus. They are, they are, they are, they are, they are unbear, unbelievers. Did the Bible says go outside to the believers alone? Did they qualify their faith? If this woman has been badly behaved, she will have died in poverty. It's the connectivity app. It's indispensable. You need to learn to get along with people. Practice with people that you are doing life with. Practice with them. Practice being nice to your husband. Try it. To your wife, practice being romantic. <laughs> you say, oh, but pastor, I am not a very romantic. Try it. Practice it. Because it is needed. If you don't romance, I wish you would romance. Her. <laughs> President of the world. <laughs> ah. Ah. <laughs> to get along with people. You see, it's a life skill that is indispensable. And people can know when when you are genuinely interested in them. They are not fools. You need to learn to be genuinely interested in people. You need to learn to, to, I mean, years ago, (laughs) my wife goes to buy a dress 
And she comes to me, trying it on, and she says, she has bought the dress. She didn't call me. She's, she's at home. She's trying it on. She says, so how does it look before, before? I say, do you want the truth? <laughs> because I know you are looking for trouble now. If your wife says, do I look fat? Ah. <laughs> There's only one answer. See, a foolish man will say, but I'll be telling you all along. I've been eating bread, eating amala, eating yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You are not, it's not, you are not learning to get along with people. Now, 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 she has bought the dress. This is me now. Fast forward 16 years now. 17 years. She's trying it on. She says, how's it? Oh, beautiful. Says, but you have not looked at it. Uh, hey, I've not looked at it. Okay. Oh, I don't talk to Listen, listen. She has bought the dress already. It's not going to change anything. Am I lying? No. The Bible says beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I choose to see. <laughs> you cannot sacrifice your relationships on the altar of I'm telling the truth. If she says to me, I'm looking at buying this dress. Can you come with me? And I go with her. And she tries it on. I can tell her the truth there. That this one, eh? You know, fit you. It's valid. But she has bought it already. You should know the difference between when somebody wants to hear the truth and when they are seeking for validation. What? To get a lot of people, you, when you, that's just an example. When someone is seeking for validation, there's only one thing to do. You are a wife. The guy is already feeling beat down. He wants validation. I said, but I told you before you entered that business. He has entered already. The thing has burnt his hand already. Learn and practice with people that you do life with. Please bring out that scripture again. Um, we're not done with it. It says, go outside your neighbors. Then, go inside with your children. So, what does that mean? There are things you can only get from outside. And there are things you can only get from inside. Knowing the difference is key to wealth. There are things, the, 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 what your children will give you, your neighbors can't give you. What your neighbors will give you, your children can't give you. There are places you shouldn't bring the people outside to. If, you, if, if the woman has said, ah, these two boys are inexperienced, let me bring three of my neighbors, so that the work can be fast. And brings them into the room. She's going to destroy the process. 
the people outside keep the people inside knowing what to invite inside is so important it's totally important but for time let's go quickly verse 6 it says when the vessels were full she said to her bring me another vessel but she said there are no more then the oil stopped flowing did you notice that this woman did not run out of room she ran out of vessels she did not run out of space she ran out of vessels there was still more space but the vessels had finished so she ran out of vessels because the of the number of friends and neighbors she had if she had more friends and neighbors she would have had more oil and more wealth Some of us, we just want to, oh, these are my, these are my, uh, oh, the same people you've known. And the same people, they are not growing. The vessels will be limited. You have to keep expanding your circle, as we're going to see. Ah, quickly. So, our true wealth can only be unleashed when we are connected to God and to other people. Our true wealth can only be unleashed when we are connected to God and to other people. So, you have to take your connection with God primary. Primary. Then you have to become a people person. You have to become a people person. If you say, oh, but what if I am not? Learn to be. Learn to be. Take it from me. Like I said, naturally, I, I, I mean, I won't, if you, I won't tell me people person. <laughs> but I have learned how to be a people person. It took practice over de- a decade or two. Consistent practice. Consistent practice. Consistent practice. Same thing. Saying you're not romantic. Learn it. They say, oh, but you know I'm frigid. What does that mean? Learn to be unfrigid in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> Become a people person. In fact, it's, it's, it, is, it is proven, research, that IQ is poorly correlated to wealth. In fact, IQ is one of the big stumbling blocks to wealth. And the biggest stumbling block for IQ to wealth is connectivity. Because people with very high IQ are slightly arrogant. Because they, they see things before you see it. They reach conclusions before you get there. And they feel, why is this guy wasting my time? So they're impatient with people. But what research also has shown is the people that, are, that have a very high IQ and get this connectivity app sorted out becomes insanely wealthy. Bill Gates, very high IQ. Warren Buffett, very high IQ. But there are much more people with very high IQ than in poverty. 
Why? Because it is, it is what they call, researchers have called, the connectivity quotient that determines wealth and health. Not intelligence. So, they tell us that a high connectivity quotient, CQ, is very positively correlated to success, to health, to wealth. The more connected you are, the more wealthy you are, you will become. The more connected you are to people, even take church for instance, how connected are you in church? How connected are you? You, I just want to come. I just want to go. That is not God's will for you. Guess what? You are not befriending people because of what you can get for them from them. But when you befriend people, wealth comes to you. And, and I'm going to show you in a bit. It does. In fact, statistics shows us that the fewer the people you are connected to, the less healthy, happy, and wealthy you will be. It's a fact. It is proven. That's why the enemy tries to isolate us. So, check, church, how connected are you? How connected are you? Check, at work, how connected are you? Are there people that will see you at work? In, you're in the same building, and like, ah, is that guy, does he work here? You think it's a strength? It's not a strength. I'm not saying it should be in everybody's business. I'm saying be deliberate about building connections. Why? Because to succeed in making money, you will need many people to know you, to like you, and to trust you. Some people, people that don't know you can't like you. And people that don't like you can't trust you. If people know you and they don't like you, you're not getting along well with people. It's not going to lead to wealth. You, are, you know everybody in Lagos, but everybody thinks that you are a gossip. It's of no value. But people must like you before they trust you. And they must know you before they like you. So the first thing is to expand deliberately your circle. Ugh. So the question is, Pastor, what can I do right now that will dramatically improve my life? I can, I'm, I'm going to give you this expo. Something you can do right now that will dramatically improve the quality of your life. Your wealth, your health, your happiness. One thing you can do. It's what we've been talking about since. Increase your interconnectedness. Try it. Increase your interconnectedness. You know, there's something that is, that is a theory that is called six degrees of separation. Six degrees of separation. Thinking behind it is every human being on earth is at least six social connections away from another human being. So, if you take who is supposed to be the most <laughs> sought after connection? Maybe depends on who you are. 
on earth, let's just say the, the, the president of, of Nigeria, let's say. <laughs> I mean, let's say you want to connect to him. Or let's say the president of, of Russia, Putin. Or let's say the president of, of America, <laughs> let's say you want to connect him. The, the, the theory simply says that you are six, seven people away from him. There's someone you know on the average, Neil. There's someone you know that knows someone that knows someone that knows someone that knows someone that knows him. So if that person you know likes you, I can introduce you to that next person and that next person, you eventually get to meet him. For some people, it's shorter than six. In fact, there's a movie about it. And it's just a theory. But guess what? Microsoft Research. After checking 30 billion emails from 180 million people in various countries, Microsoft researchers say the theory, six degree of separation, stands up. What they discovered is that, in fact, the average is 6.6. Total strangers. So they check who has sent email to who. So they discover that everyone, the average, knows someone that knows someone that knows someone that knows someone to connect to everybody else. For some people, they said it's about 1.8 or 2, just two hops, and they are there. They said for some people, it's 67. You are the one increasing our average. But the total average is 6. So the more people you connect with, and this is scriptural, the more people you connect with, the wealthier you become. You cannot even begin to talk about wealth if you don't know people. I know him. I sabi him. How do you know you sabi somebody? Number one, when you call them, they will pick your call. Or they miss it, they will return it. If you call them, they don't pick your call. Or they don't return it. You know sabi them. Number two, at some point, you can meet with them face to face at some point. Those two things must be in place. Be deliberate about it. Everything you want to improve, you have to measure. If you don't measure, you can't improve. You want to improve your weight and you hate the scale. There's a problem there. If you want to improve your weight, you have to love the scale. I don't don't like seeing what... Same thing. Sit down. List. Go through your phones. It makes it it's even easier. List the people and put under Sabi. Sabi this person. List them. There are some people on your phone. Contacts. If you call them, they will reply your call. I know Sabi. Why? Why? skipping content because of time. You will never improve your connectivity if you cannot measure it. 
So measure it. Sit down. I know this person. I don't know this person. And guess what? If there are 50 people, 100 people, 500 people, determined to increase it every month. Deliberately increase your connections. And wealth becomes effortless. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, living life without spiritual connection is living a hopeless life. No matter how many vertical connections you have. Because our true wealth is in connecting to God and to people. And to people. So if your connection with people must be increased, then your connection with God must be sorted out and tight. If your connection with people must be valuable, the connection with God must be invaluable. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our heads. You're like, Pastor, I'm tired of where I am. I want you to pray with me. I need, I need to sort out my connection with God, my connectivity, my vertical connectivity. I want to sort it out. Can you pray with me, Pastor? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. I want to sort out my vertical connectivity. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. Put up your hand over your head now. I will pray together wherever you are seated. God bless you, sir. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you. Keep the hands. God bless you, sir. My brother. God bless you over there. God bless you, my brother over there. God bless you. Another hand at the corner. Another hand at the back. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my sister. Right here in front. God bless you. God bless you. Right there. That is me. God bless you. Right there at the corner. God bless you. That is me. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Right there. God bless you. Keep the hands up and take a card. I want to sort out my vertical connection. Oh, God bless you. Right there. God bless you. Keep, keep the card. Once you have the card, you can put on your hand. You are still contemplating. Contemplating. Put up your hand, my sister. And we'll pray together, my brother. The rest of us, let's talk to God. Let's, let's pray and talk to God and, and ask God to help us increase our connectivity. Install the connectivity apps. App. Install the responsibility app. Father, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today in the name of Jesus. We ask that you breathe upon every one of us. Everyone that is giving their life or reconnecting with you, Father, help them connect with them according to your word and let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. Let's pray together for the Lord.